WOVU 95.9 FM and Jumpstart is celebrating Black History Month, bringing you conversations to connect our history and experiences to the entrepreneurship journey. Jumpstart is an organization of diverse entrepreneurs, investors, and business experts who believe entrepreneurs can transform lives and communities. Let's jump right into it with our friend Ron Stubblefield from Jumpstart. Good day, Cleveland. Thank you for tuning in today here on WOBU Jumpstart Series to talking about how do we advance Black entrepreneurship. And today we're joined with not one, not two, but three really amazing people who are passionate about advancing entrepreneurship. And rather than have me simply talk about them and brag all day, I want to give space for them to introduce themselves. So I want to start with our first guest, Miss Aja Hardy. Hello, hello. Uh, yes, I'm Aja Hardy. I am the director of G Beta Cleveland, which is a business accelerator for early stage startups here in Cleveland. Um, we are backed by the VC firm Generator, which is in the same ranks of Techstars and Y Combinator. We're the only one in the heartland, so come and see us. Uh, but background for me, quick and dirty, I'm a public health practitioner, about 17 years out of corporate America, doing uh, strategy and operations, working for the likes of Cerner, Deloitte, and Huron, uh, two startups, one great, one failed, <laughs> had a strategy of both. Uh, so I have the uh, the bruises to prove it and here to uh, speak more on this great topic and happy to be here. Thank you, Aja. All right, next up, you know, Ms. Brooks Sinclair, take it away. Hi, thank you. Uh, this is an awesome opportunity. Uh, Brooks Sinclair, uh, CEO of Valort, the automated supply chain platform for the import-export industry. We sell American products to Latin uh, to commercial resellers in Latin America using a digital platform and blockchain technologies. I'm also here representing the Bias Rehab Center, a safe space to learn, ask, and grow. Um, the Bias Rehab Center is your authority on uh, how to adopt an inclusive lifestyle. So if you are a, um, a person of non- uh, uh, BIPOC descent, um, and you are noticing that there is a change in times, but you're unsure of how to change with the times, come find the Bias Rehab Center and we will help you. All right. Thank you. And Brooke, just for the um, benefit of our listener, could you explain what BIPOC means for those who may be unaware? Yes. Uh, BIPOC is Black and Indigenous populations persons of color. Okay, thank you so much. And last but certainly not least, our third guest, Mr. Charles Ross. Uh, well, uh, thank you and, and Ron, thanks for having me. Very um, looking forward to our conversation. So my name is Charles Ross, President and CEO of the International Business Innovation Association. We are a community of entrepreneurship centers, uh, globally incubators, accelerators, co-working co uh, co spaces that um, work with communities and entrepreneurs in those communities and to help transform their dreams into innovative businesses. And we have um, our organization, our community, we are about 500 organizations across the globe, about 1200 uh, professionals and really looking forward to our conversation. All right, thank you all. So to kick this off, it's often said, hey, it's all about the entrepreneur. It's all about their grit. 
It's all about picking up by their bootstraps. And that's convenient stories that are told. But I want you three to share your perspectives on why is that really not the case to for advancing and helping people become successful entrepreneurs? Okay, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll start it off. Um, I think we, we've all, all heard the stories and we can definitely you know, pontificate on the fact that in terms of um, funding that we historically have gotten, you know, less than what we should have received. Um, but more particularly what I'm finding in my uh, place and what I physically do is that we're coming across early stage founders. And so even having the uh, conversations and asking them questions around, you know, um, what's your MVP or do you have your MVP? Um, you know, have you adhered to any KPIs um, talking to them about Tam, Sam, and Sam, and individuals coming back and saying, what is that? Uh, so we are seeing that, um, and I've seen, because I know we're talking about in the global sense and us physically you know, moving around, we've seen in the Cleveland area, but also I've seen in other areas, um, the idea that we haven't um, been very forthright in giving the education or allowing the education to be distributed equally amongst individuals, especially when they're thinking about entrepreneurship or uh, becoming their own boss, so to speak. Um, so that's the first thing. I know that there's resources out there. Um, there's definitely, you know, you can Google it, things of that nature. But if you don't even know that it's there to begin with, <laughs> then that's the problem. Uh, that's one of the challenges I should say that we should overcome. And even with the what I found here in Cleveland, unfortunately, is like even with the fact that it is available online, majority of us don't have access to online. And that was something that I had to uh, come to grips with coming from, you know, Chicago and, and being moving around a bit that I was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're online. You just get our application, Google it and not even realizing that possibly the person I'm speaking to does not have broadband access. You know, um, so that was a realization for me. That's uh, that's funny um, that that is your in my experience. I'm currently I'm also originally from Chicago living in Texas now. Um, and it's ironically, my experience has been exact opposite where I am meeting qualified, uh, proficient, accomplished black men and women who have MBAs and sorry, um, who have MBAs, master's degrees in science, uh, sometimes PhDs. And they are highly qualified. They know the terms. They know the lingo. They have traction. They have early early customers, like early adoption at least. And um, they've been able to fund in addition, fund what they could in addition to living and keeping the lights on at home. And yet they're still not given the opportunities that they are rightfully deserve. Honestly. Wow, that's pretty interesting, Charles. So, hi, Jai and Brooke. Um, I'll mention that I'm not from Chicago, but I'm actually I'm from Wisconsin, and I spent a significant amount of time in Chicago. So we have the uh, Chicago connection. I'll say Oak Park River Forest. So that's not really mm. Chicago, but close. Uh, but Ron, to your your to your your first question and the topic. I mean, I think when you look at what goes into um, a successful starting a business and ultimately being successful with a business, just the grit and effort of an entrepreneur is just one piece of all of the ingredients that's necessary. 
And of course, we're, we're all aware of the, the intellectual capital that's necessary for these ventures to be successful, social capital that's just so important, the financial capital is so important, and luck in many cases. But I love the definition of luck where, um, where it's where, you know, um, opportun opportunity meets preparation. So it's not just, you know, being lucky per se, but is positioning yourself or for entrepreneurs to be able to position themselves to, to take care or, excuse me, to leverage those good fortunes. So it's, so it's more than just the perseverance of and, and the grit of the entrepreneurs and all of these things need to come in, come into play. And, and I'm sure we'll be talking about in our conversation that specifically for Black entrepreneurs, that um, in some cases, they may have more access to those resources and those ingredients for success or less access than other entrepreneurs. Mike, and that leads right to where my next question. You know, it's um, when we talk, everybody knows the capital of access struggle. You know, I mean, or at least they believe they know it. I want to hear the perspective, starting with Brooke, walk me through what you've noticed in Houston and other places going, what's what's happening? Where are they at? What's going on with capital? Ay, 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 ay. Um, Texas in and of itself is a is an interesting uh, place. Um, let me just start with saying that we, this is, most people here are are not mask wearers and they don't believe in the virus. So just just giving you a frame of mind of where they're starting from. Uh, and I've, I've heard politicians get on the evening news and say like, oh, we're not going to let uh, an invisible virus stop us. So I don't know which viruses are visible, but I can tell you who, what people are visible. And those are the people of color in and out throughout not only Houston, but Dallas, uh, San Antonio, Austin is hugely coming up. All sorts of Silicon Valley uh, venture capitalists are moving to Austin, building up the tech ecosystem within the entire state. But yet still the statistics are not moving and actually investments in women globally is down 40%. So even though on the surface, they say they want to change in my experience when confronted or even not even confronted, I'm sorry, offered the opportunity and assistance for creating real change. That's too much work. And they would rather not. Interesting. Um, Charles and Aja, your perspective on that topic. So I'll, I'll uh, Aja, if you let me, I'll go first. Okay, I'll start. So uh, very, very interesting, this topic. <clears throat> so in some cases, I think it could be the uh, tail wagging a dog. One in the area of, and oftentimes there's a lot of, of, emphasis and discussion about the percentage of venture capital that goes to uh, black entrepreneurs. And we've seen numbers, it's like less than 1% of venture capital goes to black entrepreneurs. But to put that in perspective, when you look at the percentage of 
of venture capital that goes to businesses in general, which is a fairly low percent, right? So when you look at the type of, of venture that really is appropriate for venture capital, that is not that is is not the majority of ventures, right? It's is definitely the exception versus the norm for sure. And so, but that still doesn't or shouldn't um, minimize the importance of capital for black businesses. But it's just we should be thinking about the sources of the capital. So uh, one of the, the statistics that I would love to share with the audience is the uh, statistic about the percentage of uh, startups that are leveraging personal resources, um, capital from friends and families to start up. And that's about 80, 81% of startups that are relying upon that. But then if you put the overlay of what's happening in our black communities with wealth and the disparities that we have with wealth for a black family or a white family being 10 times that of a white family, then the amount of resources that black entrepreneurs have to tap into starting new businesses is one tenth. And, you know, that is much more alarming. And I think of something that uh, for communities across the United States that we should be focusing time on. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more from our friends at Jumpstart celebrating Black History Month on WOVU 95.9 FM. WOVU 95.9 FM, Our Voices United, a Burton Bell Car community radio station, joins Strengthening Our Students in its annual fundraiser, Soup for the Soul, which is a culinary event for the community to sample wonderfully prepared soups from Angie Soul Cafe, Popeyes, Beckham's B&M Barbecue, Booker's Soul Food, and many more. This eighth annual fundraiser will be hosted by Fox 8 News anchor Wayne Dawson, kicking it with Kenny, Kenny Crumpton, broadcasting live from the studios of WOVU 95.9 FM with a host of great celebrities. Join us on Saturday, February 27th from 2 o'clock to 3.30 for a cooking demonstration with Chef Eric Wells of Sky LaRue's Culinary Services. This year's event will be a drive-in fundraiser in which guests can pick up their soups from the headquarters of WOVU at 7201 Kinsman Road in Cleveland. That again is 7201 Kinsman Road. Don't miss out of the artistic video presentation, How COVID-19 Impacted My Life by the students of Strengthening Our Students. You can find more information and register for the live broadcast at strengtheningourstudents.com. That again is strengtheningourstudents.com, where you can also take part in a silent auction. If you have any questions, please contact Deethra Williams at 216-321-0911. That again is 216-321-0911. This eighth annual Soup for the Soul is brought to you by Strengthening Our Students and WOVU 95.9 FM, Our Voices United, a Burton Bell Car Community Radio Station. Don't miss out. Welcome back to Jumpstart's Black History Month Conversations here on WOVU 95.9 FM. Let's join our friends from Jumpstart and Ron Stubblefield, our host. Thinking about, I guess, the, where where I've lived and where I'm from. So I, w- I would start with, you know, Chicago and that. I left before I was legal, by the way, but I had to go to school. But when I came back, um, 
I would say like when I left, put it that way, when I, when I left, let's start there. Um, what I saw was very telling of what was to come in terms of the changing and, and politics or even just kind of where the monies go is that we started closing our trade schools. And being that I was on my way out to go to college and knowing that some of my friends that wasn't the choice for them and that and others has possibly even spoken of like going to those trade schools that were now being closed in 96 and 97. Um, I was really concerned about what was the next step for them. So, you know, within Chicago, our monies have flowed different ways and we weren't um, the best, in my opinion, on, you know, supporting entrepreneurship, period, regardless of who you were <laughs> at that time. Um, 1871, which I used to work at and am a fan of, um, is, was, is, is now looked upon as the pinnacle of public-private partnership. Um, the young lady who's in charge right now, the CEO of 1871, even came here to Cleveland, Ohio to speak about how you guys can start looking at doing something similar. Um, so she's, you know, making the making the, the case of, of us being a case study. But I remember when it first happened and people were saying, oh, we're diverting monies from, you know, from our grant space and from lottery. And then we're gonna, you know, uh, partner with our particular, some private institutions here to put this money together and make this institution where we're gonna train people on how to be an entrepreneur that people were up in arms <laughs> and they did not want it to happen. And even, you know, try to put some policies in place for it to be closed. <laughs> so it was really, one of those trying things where we uh, Chicago winds had to say, yeah, no, this is an opportunity for us. Like there's an avenue for individuals to actually look at entrepreneurship, to have a place that is nurturing entrepreneurship. It's a co-working space. It's also, you know, incubator space. It's a place where uh, deals have been made currently. Now I took coding classes there for free with the, um, with, you know, a couple of organizations. I mean, so it's also an education space and I just remember that we had to fight for it. It was a couple of years where it was always in the news of it currently possibly being closed. And now it's one of the one of the case studies that people in other cities use. You know, so we've had to come a long way with that. In terms of um Kansas City, Missouri, where I used to live as well, um, I equally kind of compare the two to where we, where I'm at currently because um Kansas City, Missouri has a lot of land has a lot of talent, um, yet they are landlocked and they necessarily didn't want to go out to venture to other individuals. And it's not necessarily a destination place per se. So you're not gonna get that influx of individuals coming in with new ideas. And so there had to be an initiative with the private industries there to say um, that we're going to, you know, really truly bring, try to bring individuals in uh, we called ourselves expats for a reason. It was like all the leadership programs of like Cerner, Hallmark, Black and Beach, um, you know, ENY, Sprint was essentially saying that we're going to bring talent uh, from other areas into Kansas City, Missouri as a means of their leadership rot rotational programs um, and, and rotate them around to these other areas so that they can pretty much kind of influence where they go. Right. You know, we're impacting places where we go. And some of those individuals I, I know that were with me in that space, like still there to this day. Um, some of them are in politics in Kansas City, Missouri. Some of them are physically making, you know, making moves and building their own companies. You know, Cerner has expanded drastically since I was there and I was like the employee 3000 or something like that. Now we're multi, multi you know, we just have a lot of campuses pretty that, much that way. But I mean, I think, I think in really what I'm trying to say is that 
for entrepreneurship to be an avenue of growth and to be looked upon as something that uh, your constituents, your your people that you live with, could you know very viably look at that as a, a means of you know supporting their families and everything like that is that it has to be um, you know a community effort. Like you know it can't be an us versus them mentality. Um, you know small businesses is what drills our, com- our economy right now, you know, and I think people don't really notice that or they don't think that because we hear a lot about the big organizations, right? We hear a little bit about the Bank of Americas and, and everything else. And so, um, but really and truly it's, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that entrepreneurship or business of need that we have that builds our communities in which our neighborhoods are in which we want to stay, right? So when you're thinking about bringing people into the city, you know, we got to bring them in, got to bring them in, well, how do you keep them to stay? I have to feel like I have some stake in the neighborhood in which I'm in, you know, and that's those businesses of needs. That's me knowing who my coffee shop person is. That's me, you know, uh, talking and chatting it up with the person who makes my sandwiches and, and then lunch. Like that's what a neighborhood is, right? So you need those businesses of need, but you also need those businesses of industry. You need those, those uh, you know, FinTech that's thinking about how I can innovate things. You need um, you know, those education technologies that's like, like that my mom's using now because she's a retired teacher and she's like, I got to get on Google, like that type of stuff. <laughs> There's a combination that that makes a city thrive. And I would really, um, I would love to see that and love to see what's happening with uh, out here in Cleveland to, so, to see you guys thrive. I'm like, you know, these are some really wonderful insights. All right, and Brooke, you have a point you want to make. If I could just touch on, um, Aja, you brought up a very good point, and it, it triggered me to remember the concept of the startup founder, right? Is that it's a poor person who, I mean, like, you're supposed to dedicate every fiber of your being and every ounce of your paycheck to your startup. At least that's the image that is portrayed in film and theater and that the... Um, sweaters, uh, the hoodies, you know, that everybody wears hoodies. But in reality, at least in Texas, you are persecuted and looked down upon if you're actually trying to fulfill that motto, that, that frame. And from what I'm understanding now is when coming out of, out of Texas and intermingling with Silicon Vester and Valley, I mean, excuse you know what I'm saying? Excuse me. Um, really, that concept is only for one sort of person. It's only a, from what I can see, that one thought of dedicate everything and allow yourself to be poor is only allowable for white males. If you are not a white male, then they say, "Well, why don't you have enough money to do this? Why don't you have enough money to pull up?" pull yourself up by the boots, why don't you just go buy some boots and then pull them up and then you'll be fine. It's like, oh, thanks. I didn't think about that. Yeah, Brooke, like, and I think that's, um, you know, I would add it that um, that's very consistent from what I see with communities across the United States is that there are very various different myths about the typical entrepreneur. Um, I see in many cases that there's this thought of the college dropout that's working on some great tech idea in his garage. And one of the things we have to be careful with is the um, 
just making sure that all parts of our society can feel empowered and kind of see a path that entrepreneurship can work for them and not necessarily um, being constricted or restricted by that particular vision or what popular media says what that an entrepreneur should look like or the types of businesses that they should pursue. No, I think that's so true. So true. Yes, Aja. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry about that. I just, <laughs> just like took my mic off in there because it was this is something that I really I really like this conversation and this piece of it because um. Well, two things. I know this is all about, you know, Black History Month. So, of course, I mean, me even taking the role, I would I would be remiss if I said that um, didn't give my organization props because I essentially told them at the interview that I'm here for the diaspora. So the fact that they still, <laughs> still put me in it, you know, like, thanks for that. You know, this was before it was popular. <laughs> but um, so, so that's one. So I know, you know, so the idea of like just diversity and what that truly means. I mean, you, you can know where I'm standing. And, and Ron said it previously, being a public health practitioner by trade, you know, when they asked us, what's your mission and statement, it was me to, you know, help and assist the health disparities in, in disparate populations. So that's kind of, that's pretty much been me, you know, the whole time, right? But the other piece is that like entrepreneur, like what does entrepreneur mean? And especially in this day and age, even before our social unrest and economic happenings, I had to have that conversation with my mother because she's, you know, late 60s, you know, getting to that, uh, maybe 70, she doesn't tell me their age, but late 60s <laughs> and essentially a retired teacher. And I was like, well, you got, this is, this is it. You, you, you could start, a, you could start over again, do what you want to do, what you want to do. And I was like, well, who are you when you're not a teacher? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, that's what we need to find out. Right. I was like, you've been consulting with the museum while you were a teacher. You helped, you did grants and you got a, um, an urban garden going while you were a teacher. You are a businesswoman. So let's get your business started. Right. So when we think about diversity and when they, you know, came to me and said, hey, this program, you want to have um, be like racial inclusion and equity of it. I was like, well, we have to do the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Right. To me, diversity means definitely racial, you know, the, the race, you know, where you're at, you know, if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, that thing, definitely women founders, because we historically get underfunded. Veterans, disability. LGBTQIA, got all those letters right. <laughs> and the final one that we haven't really talked about is like individuals who are like my mom who are retiring from their first job, you know, first role, if you will, 65 and plus. I just saw a friend of mine put out that the AARP is putting grants toward individuals who are going to be entrepreneur, who are entrepreneurs that are over 70 now. They, they didn't, they cut the 65, they're saying 70 plus. <laughs> So, I mean, they're growing, they're the growing, the most growing, I should say, like uh, segmentation of our population. And they have the disposable income and they're learning more about what's happening. And I think that that is, that is part of the wave of the future that they, they're gonna lead the charge on what a lot of this entrepreneurship, what a lot of this you know, founder stuff means to us. And we need to be, uh, as individuals at the table, as you know, VCs, um, business resource groups, you know, organizations that are helping very, uh, we need to be very astute as to what an entrepreneur looks like, what they, what they do, whom they were previously and, you know, adjust accordingly. Very well said. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more from our friends at Jumpstart. 
celebrating Black History Month on WOVU 95.9 FM. Hi, this is Joy Johnson, Executive Director of Burton Bell Car Development, also referred to as BBC. When you hear BBC, you may think of the British Broadcasting Company. We are actually named for three community leaders who served the Central and Kinsman neighborhoods in the past, Lonnie Burton, James Bell, and Charles V. Carr. Residents of the Central and Kinsman neighborhoods may be familiar with those names because we have the Lonnie Burton Recreation Center, We have Charles Carr Avenue in Garden Valley. We have the James Bell Pool on East 71st Street in Central. Many of our residents were alive when those three leaders served the community. Folks outside of the community sometimes think we're a law firm, a CPA, or that Burton, Bell, or Carr are people who work here and founded the organization. They were all deceased when Burton, Bell, Carr was founded in 1990, and the organization was named to honor their contributions to the neighborhoods. So now you know who we are, Burton Bell Car Development. Welcome back to Jumpstart's Black History Month Conversations here on WOVU 95.9 FM. Let's join our friends from Jumpstart and Ron Stubblefield, our host. So I want to piggyback on something Charles mentioned early, because I think we all do talk about the people aren't getting VC. And I think we can all agree here. If you're not getting the startup capital at the friends, family, and whatever other resources you can tap into your community's wealth to begin with, then you won't get to the point where VC becomes relevant. So I want us to go focus on their lens people take for granted that if you have money, I can buy and get access to a lot of resources at that stage. What resources do entrepreneurs typically need when they're starting out and why do they matter? I want to focus there so we can talk about then where are some good examples of programs that exist that help fill those gaps for those who otherwise don't have the capital to buy it themselves. Okay. I'll start. So a lot of resources. Um, I think taking a look at this frame of know-how, social capital, financial capital, um, intellectual capital could be an interesting frame to look at this. And I would say that off the bat, I think the know-how is is very important. So Aja mentioned earlier and throughout the acronym MVP and uh, minimum viable product. And there are all kind of uh, methodologies that are now available to entrepreneurs and startups to help ultimately the entrepreneurs to be able to find uh, an idea and then find a, um, a fit between an idea and a market and to be able to then build a business around that and to scale that up. And so, you know, I think that the know-how is just so important um, to to know what you don't know, to be able to ask the right questions. And then I think close to that is is the social capital in terms of ultimately for many of or where we want many of our black businesses to grow, grow to 
is that we there's you know tremendous value in solo entrepreneurs, micro um, enterprises, and we're also very excited about businesses you know growing in revenues and having multiple employees, and so being able to have a team around and bringing a team to your venture is so important, and uh, having that social capital where you have the ability to attract other individuals to your ideas, to your company, having the ability to tap into advisors and mentors. Those are uh, valuable resources for startups. Definitely like there are organizations, you know, so our organizations are definitely there to help. Um, that's a that's a loaded question, Ron. That's like a whole big, like you have to like give a list to everybody or something. But um, <laughs> starting with like the education that Charles talked about, like, yeah, definitely. I always, well, the ones that I know, um, Grow With Google, you know, Cleveland is a Grow With Google partner. You know, we reinstated our partnership. We also have a Grow With Google, um, I guess, a, what is she called like a lead or instructor that's running around here doing classes and things like that too. So Grow With Google's free resources out there. Um, of course, they're tailored around the Google tools, but who doesn't use a Google tool? <laughs> and unfortunately, like with their company right now, but they're tailored around Google tools. And then this young lady is also giving classes. So, and those are free of charge. Um, so that's Grow With Google. Microsoft is getting in the game too. Generators and Microsoft upskilling partners. So, you know, we, we help and train as well. So Microsoft also has some tools that they're doing for startups free of charge as well. Um, HubSpot, if you're, if you're like, how can I do the social marketing? How can I do the e-commerce? HubSpot has a HubSpot Academy. You can physically get a certification for free with HubSpot. Um, the same thing with Sprout Social. And those two things are used quite frequently in e-commerce tools and uh, companies. And then I tell my my cohorts a lot about um, and we're gonna this is gonna be mass produced or uh, um, spread out so I hope they don't take it off the air when I say this but people have put Y Combinator summer school on YouTube <laughs> okay <laughs> so, <laughs> so somebody hacked it and put it on YouTube okay so if you're just like what does it mean to be in um, a, a pre accelerator similar to our program in G Beta. Like someone taped everything from Y Combinator Summer School and it's on YouTube. So you can go through and you can figure it out and, and find it and see how well you do and just kind of prep you. And I've had actual people come into our, my program that had did that, that were in the physical summer school and then others that said, hey, I just went through to YouTube. So that's available. And then uh, the other thing that I would say is VC Twitter. There is, you know, Twitter is really hot with like a lot of tips and tricks right now. Um, the creation of lists, you can create your own list. So you can go and look at influencers and people that you're interested in, create the list and it'll follow and it'll, you know, candidate it all for you. And there's other apps that do that to you, for you as well. But um, there is a whole Twitter group of called VC Twitter. Um, and there are individuals like myself, people who are, you know, also um, doing funds like Mac out in Philadelphia and the Brackens out in Columbus and all these individuals that are really uh, Lolita, who does a lot with Latinx, you know, she's great. And they are on there and they're giving tips and tricks. Um, Michelle Yen, who's another young lady who does a lot of stuff. So check out, so look at Twitter and check that out and, and, and follow that too. Um, those are a couple of things off the top of my head. No, we're really great. Brooke, I want your thoughts as well as you to share some of the resources you created that actually went became great conversation topics amongst the Black Venture Capital Network. Yes, 
One of my favorite uh, resources is the article entitled um, The Top 25 Silicon Valley VCs Least Likely to Invest in Founders of Color. And it is popping. It is going well. It's been picked up by Afrotech. It was retweeted by Baron Davis. Um, and I'm getting lots of feedback. Um, it's so much feedback that I have to say that honestly, I was surprised. And so I've actually created, gone further and taken the feedback that I've gotten from VCs um, and created a YouTube channel. And we've created a segment called Callouts. And Callouts are basically organizations that are have had the opportunity to choose and to do better, but have said, no, thank you. We will stick in our, our old ways. And so um, believing that, you know, empowerment are, I want to give founders of color something that they've never very rarely had before. And that is a choice. And quite honestly, when founders of color are going out and pitching and looking for investments, we need to realize that those investors need to be worthy to invest in you. It's not, we're no longer begging for porridge uh, or, 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 you know, scraps. No, we are kings and queens. Um, we are royalty. We have turned this incredible nation that we were brought to against our will into a nation of culture and hip hop and slang and cool. And we deserve to be rewarded for that. And if we're trillion dollar opportunities, which studies have showed that founders of color are indeed the next series of unicorns, um, then we need to have an approach that says, you must be worthy to do business with me not begging. Um, to add on to that, um, joined an organization or helped create an organization called She Transacts. And we're actually going through a pivot right now um, where we're forming into We Transacts. And basically what happens is uh, a group of women from across the nation decided we were no longer gonna be crabs in a barrel fighting over scraps. Um, instead, we decided to combine our strengths and raise together. And it's going incredibly well. We've got over 600 members in our community. And it's a really awesome opportunity. If you, Even if you're not raising funds, if you've graduated from an accelerator, something like G-Beta, or um, if you have experience in um, you know, dealing with international business, something like NB, NBIA, then you are probably the type of entrepreneur who could really benefit from She Transacts, otherwise known as We Transacts. And I highly encourage you to come and raise together, use your strengths, honestly, um, to get what you need. When I hear about other Silicon Valley investors talk about how they stopped working on their business in order to fundraise, I think to myself, gee, that is so nice. That is, I wish I could do that. I have 17 jobs right now and I am mm -hmm. maxed out. <laughs>
but that's what you got to do. If you want to get it done, you just got to do it. And we don't have the luxury of being able to halt our lives in order to make our dreams come true. But with She Transacts, you can have the best of both worlds. You can have a life and a dream and fund that dream. And so please Google us, find us. We're LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more from our friends at Jumpstart celebrating Black History Month on WOVU 95.9 FM. Are you curious about COVID? Well, so are we. And here are the facts. Masks. Wearing a fabric or medical mask is now a normal part of being around other people. Here are the basics of how to properly handle and wear your mask to protect the health of those around you. Clean your hands before you put your mask on and before and after you take it off. Make sure your mask covers both your nose, mouth, and your chin. When you take off your fabric mask, store it in a clean plastic bag and wash it every other day. When you take off your medical mask, dispose of it in a trash bin. And don't use masks with valves. Those little plastic things that you can get that are attached to the mask, don't use those. And that's how you properly handle and wear your mask to prevent the spread of COVID-19. For more information on COVID-19 and how to wear a mask, visit the World Health Organization at who.int. WOVU 95.9 FM is curing your curiosity around COVID-19. Strengthening our students in partnership with Burton Bell Car Development Incorporated and WOVU 95.9 FM celebrates its eighth annual Soup for the Soul fundraising event. And this year is all virtual Saturday, February 27th from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Online with Soup Pickup right here at WOVU 95.9 FM. Soup for the Soul 2021 will be hosted by Fox News anchors Wayne Dawson. Hi, I'm Wayne Dawson. Austin from Fox 8 News and Kenny Crumpton. Kenny Crumpton here with WOVU 95.9. You must pre-register online to participate in this mm-mm good Soup for the Soul event. Visit strengtheningourstudents.com or eventbrite.com to register. Join us as we celebrate the wonderful work and excellence that Strengthening Our Students provides for children and families throughout the Cleveland area. This year's events will be live on online and on the radio broadcast simultaneously on WOVU 95.9 FM with Jay the Gospel Kid Williams and the WOVU radio team. You do not want to miss this one-of-a-kind online virtual Soup for the Soul fundraising celebration Saturday, February 27th from 2 to 3.30 p.m. And don't worry, you won't miss any of the shenanigans that Wayne Dawson and Kenny Crumpton have in store for you. The amazing soups for this year's Soup for the Soul will be provided by Beckham's B&M Barbecue, Hilton Garden Inn, Angie Soul Cafe, Booker's Soul Food Starter, Urban Sweetness, and Simply Michelle. Remember, you must pre-register at strengtheningourstudents.com or eventbrite.com. You'll have front row seats to the live cooking demonstrations from Cornucopia Place with Chef Eric Wells of Sky Lorraine's 
Service Culinary Services. Experience a fabulous silent auction and view exciting products and services from vendors all over Cleveland. And get a chance to get up close and personal with celebrities from Fox 8 News, News Channel 5, WKYC Channel 3, CBS 19, and CW 43, along with Mark Lyons and Nate Landry from J Honda Auto Group, Yvonne Pointer of Hope Haven, and PGA Golf Pro Tiana Jones. The 8th Annual Virtual Soup for the Soul Fundraising Event is sponsored by Dominion Energy, RPM International, Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen, Key Private Bank, Retina Associates of Cleveland Incorporated, J Honda Auto Group, and the AKA Team, along with WOVU 95.9 FM and Burton Bell Car Community Development Incorporated. Visit strengtheningourstudents.com or call SOS Executive Director Deitra Williams at 216-321-0911. Saturday, February 27th from 2 to 3.30 p.m. online and on the radio. Strengthening Our Students' 8th Annual Soup for the Soul Fundraising Celebration. Brought to you by Strengthening Our Students and WOVU 95.9 FM, a Burton Bell Car Community Radio Station. Welcome back to Jumpstart's Black History Month Conversations here on WOVU 95.9 FM. Let's join our friends from Jumpstart and Ron Stubblefield, our host. So two more questions um, as we close out this segment. Number one, I know a lot of people, particularly here in Cleveland, have asked, what will it take to make Cleveland a destination target for Black talent and for Black entrepreneurs? So the question I think that should be asked in response to that, it's where are Black entrepreneurs going? Where do we see and why are they going there? That may be then helpful for people in Cleveland to think about then, what do we need to do here? So I'm curious to um, this group's thoughts on that topic. I'm like, All right, let me start. So yes. what I will say is, <clears throat> So at MBIA, we are in the process of releasing some research where we have um, surveyed entrepreneurship centers across, mostly across the United States and catalog practices that these entrepreneurship centers, so the incubators, accelerators, co-working spaces, the practices that these centers are implementing to become more diverse and to, to be more inclusive. And as a part of this work, we've looked at um, at the opportunity to move the ball forward in three major areas. One is around in engagement, two is around just helping black businesses start up and then three sustaining. And in this report, we actually have identified, I think about 20 plus case studies and um, seven or eight different resources and tactics and what is what I will share with the audience is that out of those 26 case studies, I think six or seven of them are in are from the state of Ohio. So I would say, Ron, that the, the state of Ohio, and, and I'm pretty sure a couple of these case studies are uh, Jumpstart is one of the case studies for sure. Um, the business uh, collaborative uh, from Ohio is also a part of it. So, you know, I would say that Ohio is doing a lot of things right. And I'm sure city of Cleveland is doing a lot of things right for uh, black entrepreneurs. 
and that many of these programs, I think, are examples that folks around the country are looking to in terms of how they can get better in this space. All right. Thank you for that. Um, you see, Ohio, we're at we're doing better than we thought. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then and then I guess the last question I want to have for today is this. We recognize that advancing black entrepreneurship is not black people's burdens on us. It's ultimately going to take society to invest more in who Arlen Hamilton refers to as underestimated entrepreneurs. And the question I have for everybody here is, is allyship enough? And if not, what's really needed to support these advancement? Um, I will just jump in right here. Allyship is not enough. Allyship is a passive, passive aggressive, non-action word. What we need, it was very nice of people to be allies. That was a great entry point. And now it is time to promote you to an advocate. Um, so what we need are people who are willing to stand up and say to their fellow man, no, this is wrong. Um, in case in point, January the 6th, if there were more people uh, prepared to stop them, then there would have been less of a fiasco. Thus is our country. Do better. <laughs> All right, Aja, your thoughts? I, I think I, I agree that uh, allyship is not enough um, in the fact that, and, and it's crazy that you mentioned advocacy versus advisory, because I've said that even within some of the context of me working with people here in Cleveland. We have a couple of um, great uh, and, and, and prosperous, like could definitely be prosperous, like entrepreneurs and founders here who have a number of different ideas that they've you know tossed around. I think we really, really, truly here in this market need like an ideation incubation camp. I'm gonna put this on wax and see who, what happens. I mean, we have one, so to speak here out of, you know, generator, but we don't have it here in Cleveland. But I think the challenge is that um, there's so many great programs, business resource groups that are not-for-profits, um, you know, institutions, you know, like Jumpstart that are, you know, uh, uh, sponsored by the state and city and things of that nature, ours, which we are a for-profit institution. But what we don't have and what I think the, um, the entrepreneurs here and the, and the founders here in this market needs probably like a roadmap. You know, we started that with, with a GCP in terms of the business resource groups getting together and saying, hey, here's what I do well. And that was about like a year or two in existence and Jumpstart led the cause on that to you know, put out a roadmap and say, out of the business life cycle, here's where I sit like as an organization. If I'm you know, urban, the urban league, I can help in these business life cycle pieces, like stage one, stage two, stage three. You know? um, and it, I know it took a while for people to put their line in the sand and say, here's what they do great, because everybody wants to do good and everybody wants to help. Um, but I, I will tell them, just like I told my founders, and I did tell them at the actual space, that you cannot be the cheesecake factory. <laughs> The Cheesecake Factory has a really humongous, large menu. They do a lot of things good, but what do you go to the Cheesecake Factory for? Do you go for the cheesecake? Probably not, right? So you got to put your line in the sand and say, this is what I'm going to do great. This is what I'm going to put forth effort in and then be okay with that. 
you know, knock that out the ballpark. We can't do all, we can't be all things for all people, you know, but we can be great for some. And so this is what I, I hope will, will happen. And that leads into the advocacy that Brooke was talking about because we do a lot of advising here, but we don't have advocacy. We tell people, oh yeah, you could do this, you could do that, or here's a mentor to help with this. And um, But if I'm at the table and I'm seeing money being passed, or if I'm at the table and I'm seeing a grant opportunity, I'm not putting your name in the hat, right? You know, I'm not uh, telling you how to do your pitch for this particular, you know, an angel investment group. And that's what I think would be helpful for all entrepreneurs, all founders, but especially those of color. Um, so I'll get off my soapbox for that one. <laughs> but that's all right. What I feel. <laughs> all right. No, thanks for that. All right, Charles, any any final thoughts on the topic? Yeah, the, the final thought, Ron, that I would share is that I am I'm very hopeful uh, in general. So I as I mentioned, so I, I think I've probably been working in this space for the longest. And I remember um, that in 20 years ago or so, I mean, we were looking at many of the same issues. We're probably focused on different things, though. We were probably focused more on the symptoms, and we were focused on well, if we could just get create an opportunity for more Black entrepreneurs to present to angels or to present to venture capitalists, and then provide that access um, that that was what we were focusing on at that point in time. And I am so impressed with where we are now um, across various communities. I'm impressed with the the um, how informed we are around these issues. This is very difficult, complex stuff. And oftentimes, um, you know, we don't speak about it and talk about it well. And, um, you know, now there's much more, um, inspired, enlightening, enlightened thinking around this. And then I think where we're focusing the activities, I think there's more focus now on some of the underlying issues and the systems that have been driving this uh, inequality that we've seen in the, in the lack of, of opportunities for advancement. So I am, I am very encouraged by that. Probably in the past four years or so, there's been some efforts at the national level uh, much of this coming from some of the players in the philanthropic space, J.P. Morgan Chase, um, Kaufman Foundation, around just making sure that our entrepreneurial ecosystems have diversity, inclusion that are being built into the, into those systems. And clearly, over the past couple of months, just the the conversations have taken a whole nother level. And now we just gotta we gotta continue to act where we have to act. And and put some put some action in place, but I'm encouraged. No, very well said. Because at the end of the day, entrepreneurs, especially Black entrepreneurs, we don't need another ally. You need advocates for the cause, and you need champions for justice. That's what you need from the ecosystem. We get those things, then I think everything that Charles is hoping for will become manifest. And at this point here, what's one final takeaway that you want our audience to leave with today? I'll start us off. You know what? I'm actually going to steal Charles's answer. I I want us to have hope. I want us to go away, you know, thinking that even though we have not had the best, America has been a bunch of lemons to us and we have made lemonade. But I want to have hope that it 
will get better. Um, it won't happen overnight, but at least now we do have a, a person in leadership who is willing to hear, like listen, actually listen, and then do something and um, and in advocacy and in quality. So I'm gonna still Charles and Sandra. Great, thank you, Brooke. Aja and Charles. Uh, sure. Um, and closing remarks. Um, I would say that there are, that it's a, it's a very challenging road to be an entrepreneur and a founder. Um, we all understand that and we're here for you, but there is a number of resources that are available to help and assist with that journey. Um, and feel free to, you know, reach out to any one of us or individuals in your camp that um, can help lead you along that journey and, and but have the the gumption to know that it is really truly your journey to to guide you know so to speak right i always tell people to choose your own adventure um because you're you're going to have to do that for yourself to have discernment you're going to get a lot of opinions and you have to figure out which opinions would be great for you and that's that's being a ceo that's being the ceo of your life right and being a ceo of your business um but yeah we know that you have a lot of people like us rooting for you and are here for you and, and be encouraged in that. All right, Charles, last but certainly not least. Sure, Ron, and for, from the perspective of organizations that are, are helping entrepreneurs and specifically helping uh, black entrepreneurs, um, I guess my parting words is just to, um, to, to act and to uh, move forward and to approach, bring to the work um, humility and grace is what I would suggest. Perfect. And my final thoughts are this quote, Kendrick, we going to be all right. And with that, I want to thank everybody for joining me today. Um, I want to thank the crew at, for letting us be here, Jay and TC and the rest of the crew at WOVU. Thank you all. Thank you as well to our friends at Jumpstart for helping us celebrate Black History Month. Check out what Jumpstart has to offer entrepreneurs here in Cleveland by visiting them online at jumpstart.org slash W-O-V-U or call 216-363-3400. Be sure to tune in to Jumpstart Fridays every week at 10 a.m. right here on W-O-V-U 95.9 FM, Burtonville Car Community Radio.